when you start to see like little pieces of the show, you're like, yeah, it's it's pretty satirical. It's really funny, actually. I think thinly is <laughs> that's a that's a fairly generous way yeah. to describe it. <clears throat> I mean, he literally gets all of his updates on the Twitter by the Twitters, Twitter. and they talk about it's POTUS's birthday, and he wants something to be special, and he can control his his uh, conjugal visit, visits with his wife based on his moods. Like, Thin is very generous. This is... It's definitely a satire of the Trump administration. You're listening to Atlas Now Streaming, the podcast where we talk about your favorite movies, television shows, and documentaries on streaming platforms. Atlas Now Streaming is produced by Atlas Men Staff with your hosts, Jamie Zarlingo and Nina Granger. Space Force! The- <laughs> you should have laughed it. That would have been funny. Okay, but really mute, mute him for now. Okay. Did you mute, mute me? Mute him. For now. How dare you? I. <laughs> I, hope I, you, I hope you cut some of this shit into it. I better oh, be live twenty four seven, seven days a week, three sixty five, Monday through Friday. Will you say Space Force again? Though? Space Force, the podcast. <laughs> the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie, and I'm Nina. Today, okay, so we realized that it's been kind of down and sad and some pretty rough subjects over the past couple of weeks. We wanted to have some fun with this episode, so we reviewed something new that just um, got released on Netflix on May 29th, so this has been out for about two weeks. Um, we're talking about the brand new Netflix original, Space Force, um, and we have a very special guest for this episode. It's been a while since we've had a guest, you know, so we were looking forward to having another voice on our show, and we asked none other than the mascot of Atlas Med Staff, Mr. Braden Folks. How are you? I am just super duper. How are you today? You know, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for joining. Um, yeah, you guys, Space Force. Uh, we've been hearing about it for a long time. And um, it was created by Greg Daniels and Steve Carell, which if you know that name, you should. Greg Daniels created The Office, Parks and Rec. Um, and Steve Carell, of course, America's sweetheart. <laughs> I, <don't know>. I agree. <laughs> America's sweetheart. He's wonderful. Um, he helps create it and also is the lead character, Mark Naird. Um, so this show has 10 episodes. They're each about 30 minutes long. Um, so you can, you know, you can get through it pretty quickly. I got to be honest with you guys, though. It was hard for me to get through at first. The first couple episodes, I was like, mm, I don't, I don't, I don't know. What do you guys think? I totally agree. And we had talked... Jamie and I had previously talked about how um, when the show had just been out for like a day or a day or two, it was getting some pretty negative reviews, which we can talk a little bit more about later. But I didn't know that until I had looked it up before watching it. And I think that because I went into it thinking that it was going to be bad, that that is what initially turned me off, especially in the first couple of episodes. But it does have a pretty slow start. Um, And I think that if you go into this show thinking that it's going to be the same kind of humor as The Office, you're going to be disappointed. 
think because it's not. Yep. It's not the same. Yeah. I think just anything with, you know, like a team like this, like any like Tarantino film with, I don't know, Samuel L. Jackson, is he only in one, maybe he's in two, I don't know. But any, you know, team like this, especially when it's, you know, you know, on the heels of something super successful, you're going to have super high expectations. And yeah, I think that was a lot of people's problems. They wanted it to be the office part two. It's not the office. It's not even close. And I, I like it that way. You know, like I, as you know me, I love the office. It's probably my favorite show ever. And I know Brayden has some certain feelings about it. So he's being muted on purpose. Just kidding. Um, but this isn't the office. It's, it's a completely different show. It just happens to have um, a face we already know created by somebody who's already created things we already love. Um, but in that, I think it still has its own merit. I think it still has its own jokes and it's funny and it's entertaining. And you know what? I was pretty pleasantly surprised by the end. I was too. I think that the humor is just a little bit more dry in this show. Um, It's not as obvious as in the office. So if you go into it, just keeping those things in mind, I think that you would still also really enjoy it. What do you think, Brayden? Yes, please contribute. Um, It was, it took a lot to get going. Mm -hmm. And then it never really like got, got going. I mean, it just kind of, you got used to what the show was. And then you just kind of adjusted what your expectations were and then it got funnier that way. I agree with that. And I think too that, you know, once you really got into it, it seemed like it was already over. You know, you were finally getting invested in these characters, the story, it really started to take off towards like the last three or four episodes. And then by the time that you got to that point, it was like, oh shit, it's over. So I think it leaves it open in a way that's like, okay, we want people to continue watching it when it comes back. Hopefully there's a season two. We actually don't know yet as far as I know. Um, But um, yeah, I mean, I think you just got to give it a chance. Maybe watch it twice, you know, watch it the first time, just get the initial feel and then watch again, maybe to see what you missed or maybe just now you have a new mindset of it because you, those expectations you had were, you know, crushed, I guess. Um, but I mean, yeah, overall, I think it, it's solid and I'm excited to talk about it. Um, we're going to talk about, um, some of the, uh, some of the big names in the show. Of course, we have Steve Carell, who is our lead. He plays Mark Naird, who is Space Force's first chief of space operations. Um, and how you would describe his character. He just seems like a typical, like, kind of like, slightly rough around the edges army dude like you know he's a four-star general he's kind of he has this like gruff voice like he's definitely not michael scott (laughs) he is an entirely different character and um he starts very formal yeah yep i would i would 100 agree um and then i love john malkovich is um he plays like the uh chief scientist of space force adrian mallory i love him in this role he is so when you say dry humor, like especially this character, he's so, and even just how he talks just kind of really enunciates and he's slow with his words. I just love how his like comebacks and I just, I love this character so much. He did a great job. We also have for those Parks and Rec fans, we have Ben Schwartz as, um, fuck Tony Scarapaducci, who is their like social media director. And I got to say, as somebody in marketing, he is so accurate. Like the portrayal of this character, this just like constantly like thinking about what to say on Twitter or like different, 
You know, what did you guys think? I loved him in this. Um, I think he was my favorite character, probably. Don't He's be hilarious. Suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. He was John Ralphio when John Ralphio finally decided to like, get his act together and actually get a job. Yes, 100% agree. He was John Ralphio, but like way more put together. But I loved him. He was wonderful. Diana Silvers, who plays Aaron, who's Mark's teenage daughter. Is she in anything else? I think she seemed relatively new to the scene. Yeah, she, I think she's pretty young too. So I really liked her. I thought she was a really funny character too. Very like a sarcastic 16 year old kind of Ooh. girl. I liked her too, for sure. Um, and then a couple of our like supporting bigger characters. Um, Jimmy Yang plays um, Dr. Chan, um, who is Mallory's lead assistant. And then Tawny Newsom, who plays Captain Angela Ali, who is a Space Force pilot. And later she becomes the first African-American woman to set foot on the moon. And they kind of have a little bit of a friendship slash beginnings of a relationship throughout the show and it's super cute and wholesome and I love it he takes her to go get LASIK eye surgery he teaches her about like what like astrophysics or something because she wants to be an astronaut it's adorable yeah he he teaches her about plant life on the moon for her astronaut exam really cute which I didn't even think I mean I don't know anything literally about astronauts but it makes sense that they would have to know about how to you know, grow plants and, and like agriculture on the moon and whatnot. So I thought that was a, I mean, that was a good little learning tidbit for me. Agreed. Um, and we have a ton of like recurring characters that are awesome, but I think our biggest ones, um, we have Lisa Kudrow who plays Maggie, who is Mark's wife, who is later, um, she spends a lot of the show imprisoned and we never find out what she does. She's just in prison for at least 40 years. So it's that's like, what we have to have a season two because I have to know what she did. We didn't even say anything about the fact that she was at his star pinning ceremony when he became a four star general either. She was just there. And then the next episode, oh yeah. Hey, by the way, I'm in prison for 40 years. After, I think it's in the first episode, they jump ahead a year. So in a year's time, she has been, she's committed a crime, been tried and convicted, which like, if we know the law system in this country, it would not be that fast, but she's in prison for something and we don't know what it is. Also like Jane Lynch is in it. Patrick Warburton has a small role. Um, also Fred Willard is in it. He plays Mark's, plays Mark's dad. And um, as we know, he just passed away, which is really sad. Um, let's see what else. We have a ton of other smaller characters, but I'd say those are our biggest ones. And, um, let's get into the episodes. So again, we have 10 episodes in the first episode, Mark is promoted to being a four-star general and he hopes to take over as chief of staff for the air force, which is where he served. But instead he's appointed to, um, chief of operations of the newest branch, which is the United States space force, which as we know, is a new thing that was uh, prom- like promoted by, by President Trump, what, like two years ago to have a Space Force? And now in the show, it's, it's a reality. It's here. Yeah, and something to kind of note going into this show is that it's, it's a pretty, I think I read online it said it was like thinly veiled satire of the Trump administration, which is really, when you start to see like little pieces of the show, you're like, yeah pretty satirical it's really funny actually i think thinly is <laughs> that's a that's a fairly generous way yeah. to describe it 
<clears throat> I mean, he literally gets all of his updates on the Twitter by the Twitters, Twitter. and they talk about it's POTUS's birthday, and he wants something to be special, and he can control his his uh, conjugal visit visits with his wife based on his moods. Like Finn is very generous. This is. It's definitely a satire of the Trump administration. It's basically yeah. like a sheet of dryer paper. That's, that's horrible. <laughs> it's that thinly veiled. It's, it's, you can see through it. through it. It's so thin. It's literally just it's a, it's a metaphorical. Yeah, it's like it's a metaphorical sheet blocking. Like there's not really one. You just have to pretend with your mind that there is one. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it's fairly obvious that the, we know what it's poking fun at. The president's name is never said. He's always referred to as POTUS. All these examples that, that Braden just listed, it, it's, it makes it so much funnier, though, because, no, you never see him or hear what the president's name is, but we can all deduce who it is, and it makes it that much more fun for me and I'm sure other people as well. Poking, poking fun. Okay, so he's promoted, um, and it was branched off from the Air Force, which um, is actually led by his enemy, General Kick Grabastin. Grabastin. Um, so there's a little bit of conflict there between those two characters throughout, kind of like a power struggle, if you will. His family consists, Mark's family consists of um, his wife, Maggie, Lisa Kudrow, and his daughter, Erin. And um, they are relocated from D.C. to Colorado so he can work from the base. And then we jump, this is when we jump ahead a year. And that's when um, they're about to launch a new satellite called Epsilon-6 into orbit. Um, And the force is uh, pretty disorganized, um, constantly bombarded with different issues. Erin hates her new home, you know, typical angsty teenager but she does have a couple of run-ins with um one of the members um who's this just like Al- southern alabama boy that they kind of have a thing going on she also kind of has like a relationship with a much older like russian liaison which is interesting that whole storyline is a little sketch to me that whole storyline is hilarious to me because it is so clear like literally from the first time that we meet the russian guy that he is trying to be a spy but is just failing miserably at it but nobody's really like pointing it out and he's just trying to date Naird's daughter to get classified information but yeah it's just a really it's a funny storyline I think that's true I I do like the little like spark she has with with the Alabama what is he just like a soldier for the Air Force or the Space Force? I think he's like, he's like the, um, not a security guard. Like, yeah, he's a soldier, but he is also like a, a personal guard for Naird. Okay. Because he is just like guarding his office and, and all of that stuff. So that's kind of how they connect. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, Aaron hates living in Colorado. And this is when Maggie, we find out that she is in prison. We never find out why. Um, Space Force scientist Dr. Mallory, um, John Malkovich, um, and Mark disagree. They bump heads quite a bit. He keeps telling him not to do the launch of the satellite, but Mark orders it anyway, and it ends up being successful. Um, and they celebrate later, but then um, a Chinese satellite clips their solar panels, and they're like, shit. And then there's a whole episode where um, they have this like other mission with like a, a monkey, a chimpanzee, and a dog. And so they have this whole episode where they're trying to get the chimp to put the solar panels back on the satellite it fails he goes tumbling into space 
and gets captured by the Chinese satellite. So this is kind of like, this whole show is almost like, you know, like there was, you know, the space race in the late 60s. This is like the space race part two. And this is all supposed to be taking place like now, maybe a few years ahead in time. Um, so, uh, you know, it's just kind of like a modern version of that, which is, which is funny. Um, let's see, that's the third episode. There's also an episode where, um, they are, they're presenting to get, you know, more money in their budget and, um, the committee ends up like basically saying like, all right, you got good reasoning. They look into the Air Force budget that causes more of friction with kick. Um, the Lunar Habitat episode, which is episode four, is probably one of my favorites, which is where I really started getting into the show. The first few, I was like, eh, okay. But this one's so funny. Um, there's like a two-year assignment where they're testing what it'd be like to live on the moon. And Mark's like, oh, you know, I'll volunteer because one of their, uh, one of the people who's on the assignment leaves and they need somebody else to be there to finish out the mission. And it's just, you know, on earth, but, you know, practicing under moon limitations. And he's like, I'll do it. And, and Dr. Mallory's like, I, I don't think you can handle it. And he's like desperately trying to prove himself. They're living off of just potatoes, which is funny. Um, like all the different meals they have of potatoes. And then Mark really needs to work out. So he's like running around in the room to like get exercise. And he's like, I'm going to go outside and exercise. And he's in his full space too, because you obviously can't just run out onto the moon's surface without oxygen. So he ends up overheating and passing out and they rescue him and they have this like bonding moment. It's really cute. Um, and that episode for me, I don't know about you guys. You can, you can tell me for me, that's kind of where it turned around for me. I'm like, all right, this show, this show's pretty good. You know, it's kind of, kind of starting to gain its, its stride. Yeah, I really struggled through the first like three episodes. And then after that, it really started taking off. I think a lot with the character development um, of like the supporting characters, that really is kind of like what drew me in. Like with, oh shit, what's her name? What's the girl's name? The, the good hair. The, the astronaut? Mm-hmm. Angela? Okay. Angela Yeah. And it was like, and Chang, is that, what's his name? Dr. Chan. Yeah. Chan, Chan, Chan. Okay. So like the character development with Angela and Dr. Chan, that kind of drew me in how that was developing. Um, And her relationship with Naird also, I thought was kind of funny um, to watch. But really, I think that that's what started to get me into the show was learning more about the characters, what was going on in their lives, Um, not necessarily as much about what they were doing at Space Wars, but really just um, how the characters were being developed. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it really um, started to become like, it wasn't just like, there are some shows that are just mindless and there's no substance to it. And it's just goofy the whole time, but there is, there is true character development. There's some more serious storylines. I personally love a good coming of age storyline, as you know, from a lot of the past things we've reviewed, but I love the story with Aaron and, um, with, with the, I can't even think of his name. I think his name's Duncan, the Alabama guard. I think that's really cute. And her just like, you know, teen angst, gotta love it. And, um, I just love what, what ends up happening with her, um, just kind of some trials of being a teen and, you know, being alone a lot and her mom's in prison and her dad is too busy for her. So she goes through a lot too. 
Um, once we get to episode five, there's like a, this is all almost like, it reminded me like of like a mock trial, but with combat tests on the moon, it's called competition of the space flag. Um, Adrian doesn't support it. And he, he, throughout the whole show, he, he's like the voice of reason and is trying to, you know, tell Mark about the ethical ways of doing things and doing things right by science. Um, and he says that, you know, any sort of space warfare violates the morals of space travel. Um, but in his own way, he helps the team win. Once we get to episode six, um, they think that there's a spy in the force because India um, successfully launched a rocket and they believe that it was with stolen U.S. technology. And they later just find out India was just smarter than us and they just did it on their own which makes the space force kind of look weak and like they're you know falling behind you know america's supposed to be you know number one at everything you know we we're the first man on the moon and um so they're like okay we're starting to look bad we need to get shit going if you will the seventh episode this was really fun um it was uh, about edison james Caitlin Olson, who I'm very familiar is from, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. This, this episode was really funny. She plays like a stereotypical, like she's a, like a tech engineer, but she also was like, you know, having everything filmed and taking pictures and, um, you know, posting on her social media and stuff, which was kind of, you know, a fun little poke at like influencers, I guess. And she has this supposedly super environmentally friendly fuel called like skinny fuel, but it actually doesn't work. And um, she comes here all because, um, yeah, POTUS got, this is where he gets mad and he says that Mark can't have a conjugal visit with his wife. And he's like, you need to see if we need businesses to, you know, basically help fund you guys and, you know, businesses, private companies being a part of the Space Force. Yeah, and, we, need, we need to get the private sector involved. Yes. And, and when he finds out, when Mark finds out through Fuck Tony, um, Ben Schwartz's character, that he kind of overheard from Edison's uh, like assistant that the fuel probably doesn't work. It doesn't work. They don't have any proof. She has all these different endeavors she's getting into, just waiting for one to stick pretty much. And once Mark finds out, he switches the fuel. So the launch is successful, even though it looks like it was successful with her fuel, even though it wasn't. And so he says, all right, well, in exchange, tell POTUS that we don't need any private sectors. And then they don't. So there's a couple episodes in between where – I don't want to say they're filler episodes, but they're just kind of like extra stuff going on that doesn't really advance the story too much. Um, when we get to episode eight, Mark and Maggie, they have their conjugal visit um, and they realize they're unhappy. She wants to date a guard named Louise. And um, she's like, I know, you know, you, I, I want you to be happy. I want you out there dating. We didn't really talk about this, but there's like a contractor on the base named Kelly that Mark is hitting it off with and you know he wants to date but he's married but his wife is in prison but she's gonna be in prison probably for the rest of his life I mean you know what do you, what do you guys think about all of that I thought that was a nice little divot so he can date this other woman yeah I thought so too and and the first time that he goes um they show a scene where he is talking to Maggie and when she's in prison she kind of alludes to it at first she's kind of like I don't want you to be lonely like you know if you need to have your needs met while I'm in prison like that doesn't hurt my feelings and he's like no 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 like I said for better or worse like I this is what I signed up for I'm not gonna cheat on you whatever and then um when they have their conjugal visit yeah and yeah, really. Um, and then when they have their conjugal visit, she's like, 
kind of doing the same thing. Like, you know, I want, I think we should have an open marriage. And he's like, no, 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 that's not what I signed up for. And, and finally she's like, well, there's somebody in here I want to date. So, you know, <laughs> um, which I mean, I guess he what does he say? He's like, why don't you just ask me for a divorce or something? And she's like, you know, we're, we're life partners. Like we love each other. We're not going to ever stop loving each other, but obviously you, you still need companionship on the outside and on the inside of prison. So I think that it was a good move for her to suggest that. And I think that if I were in that situation with my spouse, I would expect the same thing because we still don't know what she did, but she keeps saying that she's going to be in prison for at least 40 years. So even if she did get out in 40 years and they were both still alive, I mean. Exactly. Braden, what are your thoughts? If you went to prison, (laughs) would you want your spouse to still enjoy their life? Damn, Gina. Uh, if I went to prison, think just imagine the scenario for a second. Um, yeah, probably. You know, it's kind of hard at that point. You know, to tie somebody down to you when there's no way that you can improve your situation. There's, I mean, I think that there's a there's something to be said about that being a selfish act. So obviously I think that vows are important and I think that for better or worse means a lot, but also at some point you kind of have to look at that as extenuating circumstances. That's true. I think that the hardest, the person that's in the weirdest spot is the the person that is going to be dating Naird or Maggie um, because, you know, and he, and then when he does end up dating, um, what's her name? Kelly. When he does end up dating Kelly, um, he just flat out tells her that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in an, in an open relationship with my wife. We're not going to get divorced. Um, but I'm just looking for companionship and she's surprisingly just like totally fine with that. Which she's- if I were her, I would be like, this is freaking weird. It, it is really weird. And, but she seems like she's kind of like, you know, like they have like a similar wavelength. They're both kind of like dorky in a way. Like they, they seem like they'd really hit it off. But yeah, she's like surprisingly super cool with it. Um, and they go out on a date and they actually go out on a date like way outside of like the base. And she's like, why, why did you send me all the way out here? Are you ashamed of me? Like, cause I'm on board with this weird thing, whatever it is. And he's like, well, I, you know, I don't want my daughter to find out from somebody else. You can tell that he, he really loves his daughter. She ends up freaking out at this information once she actually finds out that her dad's dating someone else. She goes to prison to tell her mom. And she's like, oh, I know. I told him to. And she's like, you too? And again, you know, just being a teenager and everything in her life and then finding out her parents are basically cheating on each other and they're okay with it. So she kind of like has like a defiance moment. She like, she like, um... I think she defaces Kelly's car. She gets fired from her job and um, she ends up like just, I don't know, like hitchhiking to this like gas station, but we'll get to that. That's, that's more towards the end of the show. Um, so after, um, after uh, Edison James leaves, the prospector satellite returns back with images that China has a base on the moon. They're already there. So they speed up. I think it's by like four weeks to get, you know, their trip to the moon to start their habitat one. 
Um, and um, they learn after they've already launched that um, the Chinese had already established their landing site as their own territory for research. They try negotiating, but they basically tell them like, stay out of our area. And um, Adrian considers war with them. Um, the, the astronauts, they land safely. Um, and in their original spot, they're like, you know what, we're just gonna land here, call it good. And Angela, who was on, um, who was on the aircraft, the space spaceship, the ship, <laughs> couldn't even think of the word. Um, she, she was thinking so hard about what she, I loved this whole thing. She was thinking so hard about what she was going to say. You know, she's like, I'm the first black woman to step foot on the moon. I need to say something, right? Like I need to have, you know, something that, you know, people are going to remember. And she is, she says, I'm just going to say, it's good to be back on the moon. And she ends up saying, it's good to be black on the moon, which it was, I thought it was kind of funny. She's like, oh shoot, didn't mean to say that, but Especially during what's going know. on right now, I think I feel like it was just excellent, excellent. It was great timing, yeah. I, yes. I, um, but it, it it was funny. It was a funny moment. And then um, at the end of the episode, the Chinese rover it rolls over the lunar flag that Apollo Eleven planted, and they're trying to figure out like, is this an act of war? Is this illegal? What are we gonna do? And um, that's when everything kind of all comes together in, in the final episode. So. Um, they all are deciding, what are we going to do? Should we attack? Like, what are we going to do? And Mark, he doesn't approve of war because he thinks it's going to be like a chain reaction to a nuclear war. And then the world's going to end. Um, and almost everyone agrees with him. They're like, no, we're not just going to attack them. Um, and Adrian says, you know, I mean, these are scientists, these are astronauts, like these aren't soldiers. We can't just completely destroy them. Um, but the, uh, the secretary of defense, he's basically just like, I don't care. We're doing it. Just do it. And, um, Adrian quits. Cause he's like, I don't, you know, I don't want to work for a base that's going to do this. Just need needlessly attack people. And he even says to Mark who Mark doesn't want to do it, but he's like, well, it was a command. I got to do it. And Adrian's like, I thought you were one of the good ones. And this was like, all of this was so nice. Like imagine people doing the right thing in the world, I guess, is the most thing I'm gonna put. Not just blindly following <laughs> orders, but just doing the right thing. Exactly. We can all crazy part of that. <laughs> um, so uh, Mark ends up showing back up at Adrian's in his office, and he's like, "Help me defy an order." And they end up getting arrested. During all of this is when Aaron, she's like at a gas station, and she asks these like random guys for a cigarette, and it's just like, as a woman and as a mom, I was just like, "Oh no!" It just. <laughs> <laughs> like hurt me like no don't do it don't do it and they're like get in our truck we're going to a party and she's like whatever and she goes and they take her out into the middle of nowhere and they're all like smoking meth and she's like i need to get the fuck out of here she calls her dad and he's arrested he can't do anything but she just thinks oh he's not being there for me again and then she calls her mom in prison and her mom's like well i can't do anything <laughs> and then she calls duncan to the the um uh alabama guy the guard and he's he's been arrested too so she's like well shit so she like steals a bike and tries to run away and then heroically mark escapes from being arrested shows up in a helicopter picks her up and then maggie's there with louise the guard she helped her escape they're all in the helicopter together and then um the uh i think it's kirk actually he like takes over and he tells all of the the astronauts like you're gonna attack 
you know, the Chinese base anyway, just do it. And they're like, oh, well, all of our weapons have been dismantled, disassembled. We have nothing. Sorry. But they have a bunch of wrenches. And so he's like, attack them with the wrenches. <laughs> They, they end up like sabotaging the mission. They say, oh, tell them we did all of this, but they didn't. But then they come back to their base. The Americans come back to the American base and it's completely destroyed. So they're fucked and they're just stuck there. And then um, I think there's one character I didn't talk about. His name is Brad. He's kind of like, kind of like an assistant for Mark. And he's, he has all the best intentions, but I don't, he just is kind of not aloof. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. I love his character. He he belongs on the office. Yeah. <laughs> he's so he's funny. Nice. He is pretty aloof. Like he's just not not all he's not very, all there. Yeah, he's unassuming. He yeah, he's he was great. But he calls Mark and he's like, "Hey, you know, I don't think you're committing treason, but just so you know, I'm uh you know, you're probably going to be brought in and like and then they find out about what happened on the moon, on the American base. And that's like basically where the episode leaves off on like a giant cliffhanger at the end of the season where, okay, so these astronauts are basically stranded on the moon. They don't have any, like their base is destroyed. And um, Maggie escaped prison. What's going to happen with Maggie? Um, so many crazy things. So, so they definitely leave it open for a part two or a season two just to continue the story. Hopefully so. And, but, you know, kind of like we all said in the beginning, the show really took a while to get started. So maybe, I don't know, a lot of first seasons of shows are rough. Um, Some of them, you know, are the, you know, outlier where they're just a perfect first season. I wouldn't say this show is one of those, but it definitely started to get really good towards the end. And it leaves it in a spot where, you know, you know, season two could open up even more doors and be even funnier. What do you think, guys? I definitely think that there, I mean, I hope, I hope that there's a season two because I have a lot of unanswered questions. I need to see what's going to happen next. But I think that going into season two with the momentum that the end of season one had, um, I think season two will be even better. I agree. Brayden, what are your thoughts? What, give me your thoughts for your thoughts. Thoughts for my thoughts. Um... The Verge put out a review of the show that said that it was astonishingly awful. Oof. Which, you know, it kind of went into talking about how a lot of comedy shows have tried to make some sort of light of the current administration and um, current events and things like that. And it seems like a lot of them are having a hard time getting their you know, kind of wrapping around how to do that effectively. And I think that we see that with Space Force. I mean, it's it's a funny concept. It's It feels like it'd be an easy concept, but I think that it, I don't know. A lot of the, I think a lot of jokes were really pretty on the nose and they were pretty obvious. I don't think it really did much exciting. Like I got a couple good chuckles out of it. I thought that it was a fun way to pass some time, but I it definitely wasn't. I wouldn't call it quality TV. Oh, you would not even quality. Is not it, quality. No. Is this it, is a good show to turn on when you've got nothing else to watch and burn through the whole season in a couple of days in the background while you're vacuuming. Ouch! While you're vacuuming. You can't even hear it. I have a very quiet vacuum. Okay. 
Well, hey guys, we're going to talk more about this show in a minute, but first let's talk about what else we are watching. All right, you guys got anything good that you have watched aside from this show? Obviously. Um, the oh shit, what's it called? Hang on, hang Brayden, on. Brayden, do you just got to be a hater for everything? This isn't a good show. Okay, we'll talk, we'll talk about we'll that. talk about we're it not in a on second. That show, we're not we're on talking about what else we're watching. Okay, I have been falling asleep to the most amazing BBC show called The Big Flower Fight on Netflix. So <laughs> it is so great. Um, if you like the great British baking show, this is another good, like mindless watch. Um, it's literally a show about people that are like have artistic talent or like floral background, but not everybody has like a background in, in florals. Um, but they come on this competition show where they are um, asked to make giant flower sculptures and they it's just it's amazing it's a great show to just like watch when you have literally nothing else to watch and it's a, just a kind of a good like feel-good show because you know things kind of suck right now in a lot of ways so it's a nice like break from reality to watch these people make ridiculous flower sculptures it's pretty Everybody on the show is like very interesting um, and it's on the BBC, so you can't go wrong. So that's what else I've been watching. Uh, did either of you guys ever watch MasterChef with um, Gordon Ramsay? No. I live for that show. Every once in a while, I'll start watching a season. It's just a bunch of home cooks that want to prove that they are a master chef. And they are given crazy things to make with crazy ingredients. And there's a lot of like, you know, like drama, not really, but you know, just reality TV drama. I love that show. And it really inspires me in the kitchen because I'm trying to be a better cook. I'll never be as good as them, but you know, it's, it's just fun. And I love watching any show with food for sure. Um, that flower show sounds amazing though. That sounds like it just so amazing. much wholesome fun. It is. It's it's a good and like I do the same thing with the Great British Baking Show that it's just one of those things that you can watch when like say you've finished like a scary movie or a really intense movie and then you just need something to kind of like chill watch like that you don't have to be super invested in it like isn't gonna make or make or break your day by what happens on it. So um, it's just kind of we've been my husband and I have just been watching the episodes are only thirty minutes so we've been watching it before bed and it's just a nice nice thing to kind of wind down and watch and you don't have to be like super invested in it so usually those things for us are like the office or like something we've already seen before so we don't have to super pay attention but this caught my eye um because I really am I'm pretty into house plants and into gardening so I was like oh this this could be good and and yeah it's wild I love it Brayden you watching anything else Oh, yes. I have been watching two things. Oh, do tell. And the uh, deciding factor on which of the two things we watch is purely based on if my daughter is in the room or not. Um, we'll start with if my daughter is in the room. Uh, we have watched Moana 
on repeat every single day for the last two weeks. See, I've, I've heard with a bunch of little girls right now, Moana is, is the movie, which I am so for because Moana is fantastic. Watching it over and over and over, I don't know about that, but good choice. Tell Gabby good also, choice. Also, all the songs were written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yes, and love him. Oh my God, you guys, in just a couple of weeks, Hamilton is going to be on Disney+. Plus. Oh my God. I'm so pumped. Brayden, do you care at all about musical theater? Um, I like Pitch Perfect. That that doesn't count, but okay. Oh, well, in that case, probably not. Um, <laughs> I'm seeing Hamilton. Have you seen Hamilton? Does the show Glee count? No! Oh my god, you missed all the conversations we had about Glee, but um, I want to talk if about- you. I think if you like those shows, then that could be an easy introduction into musical theater. Are we 100% sure that Pitch Perfect doesn't count? That's not musical. It's not a musical. It's there's music. Ben Platt is in it, who I love, who is in the original Broadway cast of Dear Evan Hansen, which was supposed to come to Omaha and it got canceled because of the freaking pandemic, but whatever. Thanks a lot, COVID. Thanks a lot. Um I want to talk about what else I'm watching. I over this past weekend watched um ingrid goes west with aubrey plaza have either of you guys seen that movie uh aubrey plaza is the gal from the office right correct i've seen the office does that count no (laughs) what was the movie again she's not on the office she's on parks and rec parks and rec that's what i meant um it's called ingrid goes west it came out in 2017 it is currently on hulu the movie is freaking wild. It is about like this like psycho stalker-esque character who is Aubrey Plaza and she finds this woman on Instagram that she becomes obsessed with. I have so, seen it. I've yes! seen this. It's so good, but like weird, but like also so not, so everything I would expect to come from Aubrey Plaza who is weird. Weird. Aubrey Ingrid. goes west. No, Ingrid goes west with Aubrey Plaza. Ingrid Plata. goes westernly. <laughs> it's on Hulu, Nina. I think you would enjoy it. It's- I think I've seen like the preview for it because it sounds familiar to me. It's weird as hell, but it's also really entertaining and a satire <laughs> on how we view people on social media. But I, I got a kick out of it. It was, it was interesting. I also watched, did you guys, it, this is an old movie that came out in like 2001 old movie 20 years ago old old to me um did you guys ever see joanna man no oh my god this is moana no (laughs) and i am a man no it's a movie that like definitely would not fly today it is about a man who is in the nba and he disgraces himself he's banned so he decides to play on the wnba as a woman it's a wild film it's it's pretty like it's not like like transphobic or anything like it's actually surprisingly not that offensive but it's just not really funny in the given climate of of the world I would say it was it was definitely interesting to rewatch I hadn't seen it in probably ten years or more but speaking of sports movies where uh, people at the top of their game disgrace themselves and are banned from uh, their sport but find a creative way to get back into it. Is it it Blades of Glory? Yesterday, I watched Blades of Glory. (laughs) 
That was one of my favorite movies in high school. That, what so does funny. it hold up, Brayden? I haven't seen it in a while. Does it hold up? I think it does. It was surprisingly not that like that bad of a movie. Like, Is that it, the last thing that John Heater did? I don't probably. <laughs> I haven't seen him in anything in years. That's but, a good yeah. one though. It it really wasn't that offensive at all. And I'm offended by just about everything. Yeah. That's so. true. <laughs> good, good though. I've been wanting to rewatch that movie. You know who is in that? Who is also um, an office alumni? John McElroy? No. Jenna Fisher. And actually on her podcast about The Office with um, Angela Kinsey, she talks about how in the season two episode where they go to the ice rink for Michael's birthday, that um, she had to pretend to not know how to ice skate because she'd been taking lessons for the movie at the time. Oh, fascinating. The, uh, that character and Pam Beasley were two very different characters. Yeah, they were. One of them wore much, much more button-ups. Um, it's Pam Beasley Halpert. Pardon me. Dang. Yeah, get, get, get your names right, Brayden. All right, Let's guys. be honest. I will never, ever get names right when it comes to movies. Like, I'm talking about this character from there, and you guys just have to, like, sleuth your way into what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, I, I'm okay with that. Um, I'm, I'm usually... Re- really good with names so i can be your counterpart there Chaz michael michaels is figure skating let me put my poems in you <laughs> like the picture let like on the beach poems <laughs> like long hair. we're gonna skate to one song and one song only Williams by the black eyed peas <laughs> <laughs> it's provocative it's anything that has references to <laughs> what is that what does that even mean? Nobody, Nobody knows, but it's provocative. It what? It going. gets the people going. Throw me some chicken. <laughs> you didn't see shit. You didn't see shit. I, I really want to watch this. I really, I, oh, I am. I really want to watch <laughs> this movie now. The movie is fantastic. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad and relieved to know that it still holds up. But anyway, guys, um, that is what else we're watching. All right, everybody. Welcome back to our review of Space Force. Space Force. Okay. Um, let's just kind of go over some of the basic reviews. Um, so like like Nina had said, you know, first season, only been two weeks since its premiere, and the reviews have not all been great. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has an approval rating of 40%, which in my opinion is, is really low. What I've seen really is that like, the professional reviews are bad, but just like fan reviews are good. So maybe from like a a standpoint of looking at reviewing, I don't know. I don't know what their criteria it's, is as a professional reviewer, but um, it seems like that is, they, they keep saying, oh, they missed the mark. They missed a mark, but the fans seem to enjoy it. It's because critically it's not great. Mm-hmm. But we as viewers have such low standards anyway that we'll laugh at anything. Oh my god, it's true. Tell me, I'm tell me I'm wrong. No, I you're gonna look at me and tell me that I'm wrong. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? That video, my fave. Um, no, I I agree with you, Brayden. Yeah, like we we don't really have as high of expectations as as 
professional critics. I mean, there are films out there that I like that have horrible reviews from critics because it doesn't, you know, live up to their standard. And I'm like, I will watch some trash television. I will watch bad movies because they're good, especially when you have nothing else to do, or you might be a little intoxicated. You know, those movies are, that's what we all live for to make us feel good inside when the world is crappy, you know? Yeah, I don't think Hot Rod got great reviews, but you know what? It's my favorite. Hot Rod is amazing. And we can all agree on that. Brayden, you you like Hot Rod, don't you? I want to say I don't just because you said everybody can agree on that. He does. But I really do love Hot Rod. Whiskey! 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 Why why are you saying that like that? Why am I saying what weird? Critic reviews mean nothing. Yeah, we, no. We have such low standards for what will make us laugh. I mean, look at uh, ridiculousness. Mm. Like, look at the fact that we watch YouTube fail videos for hours at a time. Jackass. Like, yeah. One, two, 20. Um, all of them. Yeah, we have just such low stand. Like if somebody gets kicked or punched or hurts themselves, like as humans, our standards for comedy are shockingly low. You're not wrong. You're not wrong there. Um, We're born to consume. The the uh, the site's uh, consensus, Rotten Tomatoes' consensus of the show reads that an all-star cast and blockbuster-worthy special effects aren't enough to keep Space Force's uneven blend of earnestness and satire from spinning quickly out of comedic orbit. Ouch. I, I, although it, it could be a worse review, and I would have to agree. Like, yeah, I mean, like, it's got a great cast. You have so many um, little, like, not cameos, but, you know, just a lot of smaller parts that are still played by really, really big actors that we like. Um, and it's Greg Daniels. I mean, I love I, pretty much everything that this man has done I've liked. Um, but I would agree the story does seem a little, it's not really sure what it wants to do. Sometimes it's really earnest and sweet and almost like this is us ish kind of. (laughs) Um, and then it's also really, you know, satirical and doesn't always take itself seriously. So there is definitely a, to me, it was a little mix of tones, um, and I think too, there are going to be people that are just going to think this is the office part two, and it's just not, it's a similar character in the sense of the, doesn't quite know what he's doing. That's in charge of something, you know, kind of buffoonish, but you know, good hearted. Um, I think that Mark is way more competent than Michael Scott. And I think that the, you know, supporting characters on both shows are, you can't even compare them. They're entirely different. So yeah, if you go into this thinking, this is going to be like the office you're going to be disappointed. If you go into it with a completely open mindset of what it could be, I think you'll enjoy it. But it is, you know, it it was a little bit of a rocky start. But like I said, some of our favorite shows had kind of shitty first seasons. So, I mean, and I wouldn't even call this a shitty season. That's my Yeah, you just have to, you just have to go in with an open mind, like so open that your brain falls out and you got nothing up there, but an open mind. With arms wide open. Sorry. What, what do you think, Nina? Um, I, I agree. I just feel like, yeah, if you don't go into it with an open mind, you're going to be disappointed, basically. But I think that like we, like we had talked about around episode four is where things really start to change and start to get going and, and you become a little bit more invested in the show. So if you can make it that far, then I think that you have a good chance of, of enjoying it. 
And I think too, I've talked about this before. It's, it's hard to get into anything new. It's hard to start a completely new show from scratch. Like it's one thing if it's a show that you've seen over and over, or if it's a show with a new season and you've seen the rest of the episodes over and over and you're familiar with those characters, but something entirely new, especially from somebody you already know, you have all these expectations and you're never going to be fully satisfied. Um, and I'll, I'll admit, I was a little let down by the show. It's not quite what I expected. I struggled through the first couple episodes. I actually watched the first episode and I don't think I watched another one for over a week because I was just like, I don't know how I feel about this. I don't, but yeah, if you stick through it, I think you could like it. And you know, maybe the show will really take off in season two. I would, I would hope you get a second season. Um, cause it definitely leaves it open for there to be, but we'll see. Um, but that's just kind of, that's kind of my synopsis, but but let's get into um, like our official five-star review. Brayden, I want you to go first. What are you going to give this one? I'm going to give it like a, like a 2.5. A 2.5? Why? Like a 2.5. It made me chuckle. I never really laughed. I like the concept, but I just, it's just not good. Okay. Like I'll, like, uh, don't get me wrong. I will watch it. I'll probably watch it again, but I know what I'm getting into. Okay. Fair. Nina, what about you? I think I would give it a three out of five, which is a lower rating for me, but um, I have a lot higher hopes, I think for season two. I just think it took a little too long for season one to get ramped up. And there was so much hype um, about the show before it came out that I think that that's why everybody's expectations were so high that we're like, oh my God, it's Steve Carell. It's going to be so funny. John Malkovich, it's going to be so great. Um, so I think that really it was more of like managing my own expectations for what the show is going to be and what that kind of humor is like, because it's not dry humor is not my, really my favorite. Um, kind of once I, once I was able to change my expectations about the show then I started to enjoy it a little bit more so I think really that's the only reason I would give it a three out of five but I have really high hopes for season two if it comes out I would have to agree I think I was gonna go 3.5 out of five but I think I'm gonna do three three out of five and I would agree with with you know what what you said mostly Nina I didn't I don't think it's not good I think that yeah we just had these high expectations that were never going to be satisfied and i think ultimately i'm go- always going to be a little disappointed with it because it just wasn't quite what i thought it was going to be and i didn't think i wasn't going to try to compare it to the office just for me just i i was it was the same with upload which is another show by greg daniels it was not quite what i thought it was going to be but i actually liked that show more than space force but um but space force was still good i agree i i have high hopes for season 2 um unfortunately you know it's not like dead to me which you and I both agreed season one was fantastic and season two was just as good if not maybe even a little bit better I'm hoping that this show will go that route where it just improves on itself but we'll see you know we don't have a confirmed second season yet but um you know we'll we'll just have to see after uh you know all this craziness ends because I'm sure they can't you know start filming a season two for a while but we'll see um but you guys that is that is Space Force. Like I said, it is available on Netflix um, and can get it done in a couple of days. If you guys liked the show, let us know. If you didn't, let us know why. But as always, you guys, if you have any ideas, anything new that you're watching that you like, that you think we should talk about, let us know. But until then, guys, keep on streaming and we'll see you next time.
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. Let us know in the comments what you're watching and if we should give it a review. Until next time, keep streaming. <laughs>